Hello and welcome to Conversations with Mother Earth, brought to you by Grounded Press. My name is Dana Petrovic, and each week my guests and I explore one aspect of Mother Earth and the gifts that she gives us. We also discuss why these gifts are so precious and why we should value them. We got you curious? Good. We love curiosity. Let's begin. Today's conversation with Mother Earth is about a topic that many of us take for granted. Both my today's guests and I personally know that this subject is very fragile and can be broken if we don't protect it. I'm talking about peace. Why should a podcast dedicated to Mother Earth talk about peace? Well, Without peace, the topics we discuss become irrelevant. Only with peace can we dedicate time to storytelling or dance or poetry or calligraphy. Only when we don't fear for our lives can we appreciate our rivers and oceans and see Mother Earth in all her beauty. Today's episode is going to be a very personal one. Because although I have written about war in my books, I personally don't like talking about war. War steals peace from us. War stole my peace at the age of 19 due to the events in former Yugoslavia. I had no choice but to leave my home country and cross the Italian border on September 11th, 1991. It was my September 11th. 10 years before another September 11th changed the world for so many others. But today's episode is not about me. It is about a very courageous young man, Mohammed Najem, who until the age of eight had been living a football-loving, happy childhood with his family in Eastern Gota, a suburb of Damascus. Then, in 2011, Mohammed got acquainted with the reality of war. Food and water shortages, attending school in underground bunkers, as well as bombings, missiles, and chemical warfare that killed so many, including children. At the age of 15, Mohammed, despite the danger of being captured and killed, became a water porter by filming the unspeakable events in his home country and sharing with the world via social media an unfiltered glimpse into his now war-torn home. Today, he lives in Turkey, where he joins me, but continues his fight for justice, especially for children that are experiencing their lives turned upside down by war. I first learned about Mohammed by reading The Guardian, interview with Angelina Jolie, who has been a UNHCR goodwill ambassador for over a decade, has made movies about the horrors of war, and is also co-author of the book, Know Your Rights and Claim Them. Therefore, today it's a great honor to welcome on Conversations with Mother Earth, a kinder soul, and a 
heroic human being. Welcome, Mohammed. Thank you. Mohammed, tell us about you. How did it come to pass that such a young man um, as you risked his life in order to share with the world what was happening in your home country? Mm -hmm. Well, my name is Mohammed Najim, 18 years old. I'm Syrian from Eastern Gota. I was a child like every other child, have dreams, have ambitions. Um, my family was not well off, and I was have dreams to be a football player. So I was going to school after that playing football with my friends. <sighs> Till the war started in 2007, uh, 2011 in my country and everything suddenly changed. And uh, demonstration, peaceful demonstration had started in my country and we dominated our rights and with the flowers and some songs that we have things we have to achieve it. But in return, they shot us. And in that moment, we didn't see the peace, we didn't see security, and we become refugees. So, um, actually, I didn't went out of my country before the war. And I still there with my family in Estrangota. It's about seven years. I live terrible life. Everything was difficult for me. Um, no money, no secure security, no safety. Nothing, just bombing, killing, death, destruction around me. So I started publish uh, my story and my friend's story to the world. Uh, actually, it was a little bit for fun, but also for finding a solution uh, to end our suffering. Everything was hard, and um, I was trying to relieve my, my on myself. It's just. Uh, by spreading short videos in in the world language, which is English, uh, to find help, help me end our suffering. Um, after that, actually, I started in 2017 when I started publishing uh, short videos on my social media to the world about what's going on over there. Um, I think after our, a year, uh, we displaced to another city, which is was Nabar, also was the destruction. This like following us everywhere, and I spent nine months there. Uh, this was the first time that I get out of my country by force. It's not my it was my own wall, so. Believe me, that's very difficult. Like I didn't see the life, like like as our children. I just see death, bodies, blood, and all of this was at at my childhood, you know, and my city. So, spent nine months in Idlib, and after that, I I went to Turkey. You grew up. You grew up during that time very fast didn't you you didn't have a time to think about it you had to grow up overnight grow up in the war yeah, yeah that's what it does to you 
Um, now, you, as you mentioned a moment ago, you live in Turkey and you continue to fight for justice, especially for children's rights. You visit refugee camps on your social media. So tell us about life of these children, mostly Syrian children in Turkey, and of course, parents. Um, what is happening? Well, when we say camps, we mean some fabric or some clay. When we say camps, we mean that's less that the people less are than ordinary people. When we say uh, camps, that humorous don't exist. Uh, people who are living there are fighting every day, have war on their own war. Uh, fighting for, for money, fighting for, for school, for their children. Like that comes under rain, snow, and the sun. While they, those people, believe me, they have their own homes. They have a country. But people take it away from them by force. They left everything behind them. And now they're looking for safety. Um, actually, I don't know what's their dreams or goal, but I'm 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 sure that one day will they will achieve it. All of them, they are stronger. They are much stronger than me, than you, than everyone. Believe me, the camps is very difficult to live over there. It's really difficult. Uh, I don't know how their parents feel, but I'm I'm sure they will feeling that they cannot provide. Um, like a, a better life for their children. They are very strong. Yeah, that, there is no other choice. You have to be. <laughs> you have to be. But there is a lot of support still within Syria for, for Assad. Uh, the country is still very divided. How much of that is visible within the camp? How much are they fighting against each other, the two, two fronts? Well, while well, I prevent help to Assad regime, the scams will be more and more by the time because uh, this help, it's not come for him, it's come for killing us. And just we see how comes every day uh, bombed uh, by Assad's uh, military and Russia. So all of this, it's a, a way to kill us. Um, believe me, we don't deserve this. You know, we are normal people. Like, we don't, we live in camps at the end. We, we don't have anything to do. Like, we have less in money, we have less in everything. Um, and then trying to to make us ignorant, because when we become ignorant, as in, in, the, in the people, uh, those people will leave their dignity and freedom away and will not think about this mm -hmm. yeah yeah it is it is extremely hard um for these people yeah it's it, it just takes you know it takes it takes makes you speechless um mm. i worked with uh, um, with people in jordan because jordan just like turkey took in a lot of Syrian refugees. I worked with a group of people supporting refugees in Jordan as well before, so I heard about the unspeakable stories that are that are told and how people are are trying to find their way uh, and survive, simply survive. So these children need a future. How can we support these children? How can we support that they get an education? Mm -hmm. 
Well, uh, first, like those children who live in tents, well, just sink in life or not sink in school. Because like every day there's bombing, running, and yesterday we have seen something like this and comes, they bomb comes in Idlib. So uh, while the bombing is began, uh, like continue, those children will not sing and going to school. They will not be school because it will be dangerous. They will be taking risk if they want to go to school. So uh, we have just to to find peace for them uh, to get the bombing away from them. And at that time, we can go to school, we can study. Like, like our people is not love to be ignorant or like aware, but we, like when I was in Eastern Gota, I and I go to school under the Bombay, and my my school destroyed many times, but I still going, like I still going, and like this, I have to study because if we didn't study, we will not build our country after the war. And this is so important. I think if we need to help, just uh, to stop the bombing on the camps and let those children uh, go to school and be. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, probably the first step. Um, Mohammed, this episode is about peace. Mm-hmm. We all long for peace, but war steals it from us. And what is you mentioned a few things that war steals us from us. It steals us from from us at home. It steals the school building. It steals, it steals path, the normal way to the school. It steals football training. It steals way more than that. What else does the war steal from us? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, the war, or let's say the base, is weaker than just the school or home, whatever. Uh, base is love each other, to live with each other, with different opinions, with different thoughts. And violence is not our option, but it's understanding. And the war, this war takes the love between each other away from us, and we no longer accept each other. Yeah. Peace is, is an umbrella that we live under, and love, and, and peace, and yeah. security. So yeah. after 10 years of the war, we realize that country, home, it's nothing. Living it between each other is more value than all of this. And this is the goal of the war, to separating each other. Um, we're no longer accepting each other, and between us and them, we lost our countries, our home, our lives. So we have to get rid of division and to live. Justice and calm should prevail among the members of the society. Yes. And like you know, the war is not an option. It's not a solution. Exactly. Our solution, only solution, is space to live in this world. Yeah, I agree. I'm even to that. I completely agree. That is so true. Um, to add to that, I I have a my events a little bit longer way, 30 years to be exact, uh, uh, this September, past September 11. So with the benefit of hindsight, I can tell you what, uh, what else war steals from you. 
for you, I will see how it is for you to return to your country. For me, it's still a country for me, it's still a home country because Yugoslavia does not exist anymore. And many, many things that people take from gra for granted, like my singing a national anthem. My husband is a Canadian. He sings a national anthem with his whole heart. He can because he feels like he has a home country. I don't. I kind of have it. Croatia is my home country. I don't have any other. But I belong to a Serbian minority in Croatia. And each time when, we, when anybody starts to address economic issues in our country and mismanagement, the other, somebody will raise the issue of the Serbs and Croats and the, exactly. the fighting will start, the division will start. And nobody talks about the economic issues anymore. Everybody is involved in, in, the, in the divisive talks. And of course, in, in between all that, uh, you know, how, are you, how are you supposed to feel at home? So this is one thing that, that war stole from me. And another one is, uh, I mean, I will tell you later on what it, what, uh, how I found peace, but it still kind of shakes you, even 30 years later, it can shake you with an incident, for example, a small incident. Our apartments were marked back then, Serbian apartments, and I forgot about it until we arrived here in China and there's a little marker on the, on the door and had to register my husband when he arrived. And when I realized that our door was marked, I had a moment of panic. A complete moment of, oh my God, we are marked. And I, and I was, okay, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm in China. I, everything is okay. So I told myself to, but even 30 years later, you ha might have these moments. They're very rare though, thankfully. They're very, very rare because fundamentally, most of the time I, I believe that life gave me a lot extraordinarily long. Um, but this this does still, years later might still happen. So I hope not, but it can, you'll see. Um, but back to, um, to another topic and another question. Um, today, according to UNHCR, the UN Refugee Agency, 82.4 million million of our fellow world citizens are forcibly displaced by persecution, conflict, violence, and human rights violations. That corresponds or is just short of the country of Germany or Turkey. They are just a bit more. 1% of world's population, one in 95 people, now with no home. In 2010, this number was 159. So we see that numbers are increasing. And if you don't get the climate change under control, this number is going to be a far greener. Mohammed, you know this, millions of children not getting education and nations, as you said earlier, nations are in this divisive us versus them language. And um... Mohammed, you are a young, but, or, very young yet <laughs> grown up due to the events in your life. What is your belief? How can we confront this reality? How can we help? Well, I'm one of them. I don't have home. I don't study. I lost my education. Everything. Yes. I don't have even password. So, well, I think all of this because happened because of great walls and power and control. All countries are trying to guarantee their future 
at the expense of other people. And let me give you an example, friends, and in Africa. Africa will not become un uh, peaceful until the friends um, create in Africa end. And this is one of many examples. So now countries blame each other and looking for option to prevent immigration to their country. Why is the, the solution is clear, which is to stop stealing people's wealth and increasing ignorance because ignorance is what makes people give up about their rights, freedom and dignity. Yep. The, power, the powers are fighting for more wealth to expense of people. So let's talk about Syria. Syria, there's uh, many there are many countries uh, over there, and all of them they pretend to, to protect the Syrian people. There's America, Russia, Iran, Turkey, all of them. And if we look for a second, what does Russia do in Syria in Syrian war, which is thousands of kilometers away from us? And here we can know the answer. And like this we become displaced among the countries in the world looking for a country to receive us on its land. So the solution is this, just to, to stop the greed of countries yeah. and the politics. That's exactly my, my next question. How, how can we replace this very profitable business model uh, of war? How can we make peace profitable mm -hmm. well uh first uh i have to say that my answer may not like you like you like it but uh in our nature as a human we are monsters inside us but we don't realize this wars are not something in you since man exists and uh, the conflict has found and the biggest world uh, wars are the first and second world wars and if we took a uh, look at the result, the advantage and disadvantage, we will find that we lost millions of people, of people. And once it ended, the world began to prosper and rights began to prevail over, uh, over everyone. But in my opinion, peace is much stronger than the war. Yes, peace is much stronger than wars. And example about this, like uh, in Syria, we find that Cameroon is... It's double-edged or third. So we find that camera is much stronger than weapons and fire. And also the base will be much stronger than destruction and murder. And climate will improve, asylum will stop, will make our plant see the light and peace within us. Uh, like every people will live in safety and peace in, in their countries. There won't be no longer, longer to injustice will open our ports and will be at that moment as a human, as a real human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. Yes, what you said, something interesting with peace is in us. Um, another, I do hope one day that um, events that you will have, you will have a chance to return to your home country, a peaceful home country and that you will find peace with the events that happened. It took me some time to find peace with our events because I, on one side, I lost family members, but the other side, I have family members who committed crimes. So I had to find peace with that. That was the first. I had to find peace with everything that happened because 
all the events later in my life would not have happened without those events. So I would not have met my husband. I would not have studied in Germany, which is my second home. All of these things would not have happened. So after 30 years, 30 years after my September 11th, I found peace. Um, So I hope, (laughs) or along the process, Along the along the way, more and more and more, I found the inner peace that life has been extraordinarily good, good to me. That it has given me so much, including this conversation with you today, which is so enriching. So I firmly wish that uh, that one day you you and I meet and you tell me I am at peace with everything that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That is my biggest, biggest wish for you. Yes, um, Mohammed, I believe my listeners have found your story very inspiring. How can we all join in supporting you? <laughs> well, I, I think I didn't do anything. It just I um, started my best work to change. And I didn't consider all of this is because of my people, of my determination to complete what I started and change the world. I want to change the world. I know that dream is bigger than me and bigger than everything I wish, but uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of people sharing me the same goal, the same dream. And I thank all of them. And if we stay together, we'll absolutely change this world. Well, uh, as for me, I'm present on all social media sites, and I'm glad to join me over there. Very good. I'll share those links. Very good. You are an extraordinary human being, Mohammed, and I'm sure you will change the world. I am positive of that. I'm very honored to, that you joined us today. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for your work. Can Can I say one last thing? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, well, believe me, change is very difficult, and I know that. Uh, but our world uh, will not see the light uh, until we like start the, the change. Uh, first in ourselves, and then we can uh, change the world. We must have the determination and power to uh, continue our long way. Uh, so let's put our goals in the moon. If we don't reach to the moon, absolutely we're reach to the stars. And we will change the world. And if we're not us, Absolutely, we're being the next generation. So please focus on creating and encouraging your children to prepare them for tomorrow. That day will absolutely come. And our plant will see that we deserve to live and we will find peace that we have always wished for. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful. Yes, that's exactly what we all find peace. That is exactly what, what we all what we should seek and protect. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Mohammed. This concludes today's conversation with Mother Earth, brought to you by Grounded Press. But before signing off, today's conversations um, with Mother Earth episode will air on November 1st, which is All Saints Day and a national holiday in my homeland, in many other countries. It is a day dedicated to remembering all the loved ones we have lost. So I encourage you, my dear listeners, to think of far too many people 
who have recently lost their loved ones. Be it wars in Syria, they heard from Muhammad, Iraq, Yemen, Afghanistan, and other places. But because of COVID-19, floods in Europe and China, the drowning of refugees in the Mediterranean or famine in Yemen and Madagascar. The list of tragic circumstances is unfortunately far too long. Let's take time to wish that all these beautiful souls find peace. Next week, we will meet the reinvention guru. Who could have earned such a moniker? Join us next week to meet her.